Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and today I'm here with the 108th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here today. And before we get started, I want to tell you about my newest poker training experience. It is over at pokercoaching.com. You can actually see a walkthrough video where I explain to you all of the facets of the site at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash PC for poker coaching. And the site has two main aspects that make it unique compared to every other training site out there. The first are the interactive hand quizzes. Each week we upload a few interactive quizzes where you can go through and test yourself and compare your skills to the plays that I make. And then I go through and explain why I make the play I make and why I do not like the plays that I did not make. Um, the other aspect of PokerCoaching.com are the monthly homework questions and webinars. So each month I present you a fairly in-depth homework question. I ask you to look at the homework question, study it, come up with an answer, and present it to me. And then each month in the webinar, you can ask me your questions in real time as I go through and explain my answer to the homework question. And also, I will go through the answers of the people who submit their answers for the homework question. So it's kind of like going back to school. It's going to poker school. So anyway, if you want that, you can see a walkthrough at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash PC, just the letter P and the letter C. Or you can just go to pokercoaching.com to sign up. So check that out. This and is from a 10,000 euro buy-in EPT high roller tournament. Blinds are 300-600. We have A7 suited, under the gun, seven-handed, and I elect to raise. I think folding is perfectly fine. You do not have to raise this hand, but I like mixing it up a little bit. And suited aces are pretty good hands to put into your range because they can make the nuts. It's important to be playing hands like Ace-7 suited. I think that those are quite strong. So anyway, flop comes 5-3-3. Three, three. I raise under the gun. Only a tight, aggressive kid in the big blind calls. Flop comes 5-3-3, uh, three, three, two spades. I have the Ace-7 of spades. My opponent checks, and I bet 1,500 into the 4,000 pot. The replayer went a little bit too fast here. That's Okay. Um, this is a spot where I definitely want to be betting with all of my range. I should have a pretty nice range advantage over my opponent in general. And here we're just happy to put money in the pot with the flush draw. So it turns a six of spades. And my opponent checks. So now that we have the flush, we don't have the nuts because pocket sixes, pocket fives, pocket threes, six three, and six five all beat us. Also, the... Um, Oh, never mind. We have, we, there is no straight flush available because we block it. We have the ace and the seven of spades. Despite that, we are very happy with our hand. The odds that we are beat are incredibly low. There are so few combinations of hands that beat us uh, that we are going to play our hand as if it is the effective nuts. So we have to ask ourselves, what does our opponent likely have and how much will he call if we bet? And in this scenario, our opponent probably has a marginal five, maybe some weird three, maybe some overcards. And maybe a hand like 6-4 that just turned a pair. Uh, what this amounts to is we're trying to get value from some very marginal hands. Of course, we could just try to get value from flushes, and we could bet huge. But trying to get value from exactly flushes is usually not a great idea because the flushes make up such a small combination or such a small portion of your opponent's range. So I like a small bet here, maybe something like 3,000. I think that would be pretty nice. And I do bet 3,300, so I, I like this. I do think this will get our opponent to stick around with a lot of his one-pair holdings. Especially if he has some sort of a gut shot. Actually, replayer went a bit fast there again. So I bet 3,300. He made it 9,000. <laughs> okay, so we get check-raise on this board. Now we have to ask ourselves, 
are we happy just piling our stack in? And I think the answer is probably not. Um, given the player who called us wasn't the big blind, he could easily have a full house. And he could also have some bluffs. I know a lot of people think that tight aggressive people just never bluff. But you have to realize that if your opponent's competent, he should have some bluffs in his range. So if he is bluffing, I really want to do everything in my power to allow him to continue bluffing on the later betting rounds. So I'm just going to call this raise. Of course, we may lose a little bit of value when we are against a hand like 9-8 of spades because we're going to call this flop check raise and then probably only call on the turn. I'm sorry, call the turn check raise and then only call on the river. But um, yeah, it's a pretty nice spot where we have the best hand almost every time. And if we re-raise, we give our opponent the chance to get off the hook. And we really don't want to let him get off the hook. So the river comes a nine of diamonds. We still have the ace high flush. And our opponent backs 16,000 into the 25,000 pot. There may be a little bit of merit to raising in this scenario. But again, notice that if we raise, we're really only getting value from maybe the king high and the queen high flush. I mean, we may be able to get value from all the flushes all the way down to, I guess, nine high. That's the only one that makes any real reasonable sense. But again, that's just such a small combination of hands, and our opponent could just have the nuts, right? He could just have us absolutely crushed with the full house. So the fact that I think our opponent may actually fold some flushes if we raise, combined with the fact that they're never folding the full houses if I raise, I think that means that we probably want to call here. If I thought there was basically no way he could have 6-3 or 5-3, I probably should go ahead and raise because then there are enough flushes in his range compared to full houses to where I should raise for value with the intention of probably folding if he shoved on me. So he makes it 16,000, as you can see right here. I'm, I would make it um, you know, 30,000 or 30, 33,000. And then if he shoves, I'd probably need to fold. Although that's kind of dicey, actually. Maybe I should still just call off. It's a tough spot. What this amounts to is if I raise, I could open myself to be up, open myself up to being in a pretty miserable spot. But if I call, I just know I'm making a very plus EV call. So I like calling here, especially in tournaments. In a cash game, I think I would have considered raising. But in a tournament, I do think you want to just call. And my opponent showed up with nothing. Ace four. So he flopped a gut shot. He check raised the turn whenever a scary card came. And then he went ahead and bluffed the river. And notice that if I just re-raise the turn, as many players do, I can not extract value by calling we extracted value from a hand that was drawing dead whereas if i re-raised the turn my opponent would have folded and we would have missed out on this hefty sixteen thousand bet so always make sure you play your strong hands especially your non-nut hand non-nut but strong hands in a way that allows your opponent to stick around with inferior holdings and this is a very good example of that where if you just try to pile your stack in it's not going to work out too well because your opponent's only going to call when you're crushed or primarily call when you're crushed and then fold whenever you are beat or fold whenever he is beat so that's gonna be it for this episode of weekly poker hand i want to thank you for being here if you're watching on jonathanlittlepoker.com or youtube thanks for that and if you're listening on itunes also thanks for that Uh, make sure you check out pokercoaching.com if you have not if you enjoy this podcast hopefully you do if you're 108 episodes in you will love pokercoaching.com because it's like weekly poker hand except for it's even more interactive So again, you can check that out at pokercoaching.com and you can see a walkthrough video to see what the site's all about at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash PC. Thanks for watching and I'll talk to you next week.